This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, I want to talk to you about Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers, if you are looking for good American meat, I urge you to support our American ranchers. A lot of our meat is not coming from the United States, it's coming from all over the world. Why? When we have the cows right here, why would we do that? Right now, if you sign up with Good Ranchers, you'll get $30 off their already low prices, plus free shipping by visiting GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. Now, you can do a one-time order, or you can subscribe and save an additional $25 on every box. Plus, when you subscribe... Your price will never go up for the life of your subscription. You're never going to lock the price of meat in like that anywhere else. It's Good Ranchers. I want you to go to GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. Support these American ranchers. GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. $30 off, free shipping, and locked in prices? GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Thursday. There's a lot going on uh, today. Some of it has to do with the press. Uh, some of it has to do with shutting down the libs of uh, TikTok through uh, doxing people. The idea that somehow or another Elon Musk buying Twitter is going to hurt democracy and hurt freedom of speech. It's insanity. And he just came out just a few minutes ago and said, how much How much did he have ready to go? Like $50 billion, something like that? I think it's 46 so far. $46 billion to buy Twitter, and they are going crazy. I wanted to get a, a grip on some of these things going on with Glenn Greenwald. He joins me in 60 seconds. Every morning, uh, I wake up and I've had a good night's sleep. I can't tell you, I used to never be able to sleep all the way through uh, the night. I'm sleeping through the night all the time. And all I did, honestly, was change my pillow, change my sheets, um, and uh, voila, I'm literally sleeping through the night. I used to toss and turn and I'd have to turn the pillow over because it was hot and fluff it up again. I don't do that anymore. I sleep through the night because my pillow, I don't know how it works, um, but it's its great. And I would have never bought it. If I picked it up in a store, I would say, I hate this pillow. 
but I slept with it and it's great. And if you don't like it, it's a 60 day money back guarantee. And they've got all kinds of specials uh, going on, including the Giza Dream Sheets, which are great. 60% off coming in as low as $39.99 with a promo code BECK. Again, 60 day money back guarantee. So just try it. It's mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Promo code BECK. You'll also get a copy of Mike Lindell's book for free with your purchase. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800 966 3117. Great radio specials now at mypillow.com. So we have Glenn Greenwald joining us uh, now. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for uh, joining. I don't even know where to begin. I guess I guess I want to start with Taylor Lorenz and the Washington Post uh, exposing the person behind the libs of TikTok. And I, I'd love to hear your opinion. My, mine is that I just think this has nothing to do with anything other than that uh, particular uh, uh, thread was popular and the libs of TikTok was and making conservative. it right and conservative. So it's got to be shut down. Exactly. You know, this is my, my view on it is if you want to have some kind of journalistic debate in the abstract about whether it's newsworthy, once a person accumulates a certain level of influence on social media and begins to do things like appear anonymously on cable shows like she has on Fox, that it's somehow journalistically justifiable to tell the public who this person is who's become so influential. I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think that's a proper way, especially for corporate giants, media Mm -hmm. giants like the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos to be spending their time unmasking private citizens. But if you wanted to like argue that you can fit that within the definition of newsworthiness, that's something I could swallow, even though I wouldn't agree with it. If it were going to really be applied consistently, meaning that today I could go and find out the real life identity of some popular trans woman who has a following, a follow a big follower account on Facebook and expose her, even though she claims that her anonymity is necessary for her safety. Or maybe tomorrow Fox could send a camera crew to the homes of Taylor Renz's parents and siblings in order to ask questions about her the way she did to the family members of this private person behind this Twitter account. But of course, that would never be permissible. If any of that happened, the media would have a complete meltdown. They would declare some sort of national day of mourning. If anyone did that to Taylor Renz or a Black Lives Matter activist or a, or a trans person on, on social media, this is nothing more than an attempt to punish private citizens for having the wrong political ideology under the guise of journalism. So this whole abstract debate about what is newsworthy, it's just a fraud. It's a pretext to cover for the fact that this is a political operation designed to punish somebody for making their voice heard with views that the media dislike. Is this any different than the Twitter story with Elon Musk? I, you know, I think um, in a lot of ways there are similarities in that one of the things that has happened is the censorship regime that has grown so quickly um, on these Silicon Valley monopolistic platforms like Facebook and, and, and Google and uh, Twitter, 
you know, I think people have forgotten that the real test case, the first time it was really done, was only three years ago in 2018 or 2019 when these corporations united and decided they were going to ban Alex Jones and Milo Yiannopoulos from the Internet and depersoned them all at once. And, you know, most people cheered because most people don't like those two figures. And they ignored the precedent. And we tried to warn them that mm-hmm. the precedent was going to create a censorship regime. And I think what has happened is the censorship regime has become a very powerful tool in the hands of the corporate media because it lets them silence dissidents to their orthodoxies and people who compete with them, who develop a large audience. Liberals of TikTok has a larger audience than a lot of media, media uh, people do. She's more popular. She's more influential and they want to silence her. So I think that's one big benefit. But the other big benefit of it is it's become, it's become a really valuable way of propagandizing the public. I don't know if you saw, I reported on it yesterday, a bunch of former intelligence and national security officials issued a letter denouncing attempts in Congress to rein in the monopolistic power of big tech by saying it's important that big tech have this power centralized in their hands to censor the Internet because that's how we advance U.S. national security interests. And a lot of power centers see this as an important tool to enforce liberal orthodoxy and to be able to punish and silence and censor and banish any dissidents from it. Um, let me let me switch again. I, I could talk to you just about I- I everything. Um, you're so plugged in when I don't know if you saw the story. I'm sure you did about the CIA uh, tracking Trump phones. And uh, this seeming seemingly goes all the way back to 2014. It's my understanding CIA cannot do that inside of America. Does anybody care? I don't think they do, because the reality is that the uh, contrived and fraudulent scandal that dominated U.S. politics for five years, basically during the entire Trump presidency and during the campaign, which is Russiagate, was cooked up by the CIA. They're the ones who manufactured that entire false political scandal as a way of undermining and subverting a president that they disliked, but who had nonetheless been elected to be elected by the American people. And before the 2020 election, when they were so desperate to ensure Trump wasn't reelected, they did the same thing. The completely false and fraudulent claim that the Hunter Biden laptop and mm-hmm. emails that reflected Joe Biden's business activities in China and Russia were Russian disinformation, despite being a complete lie, was used by big tech to censor that reporting right before the election, was used by the media to discredit it. And that also came from the intelligence community. You know, many of the same intelligence officials I just said signed that letter for big tech were the ones who signed the letter lying that this was Russian disinformation. For me, this is, Glenn, the, the, the most important and the most undercovered story of the last five or six years is the increasing use of whatever you want to call it, you know, the security state, the deep mm-hmm. state, the CIA-led blob, that increasingly their attention is not directed to foreign countries or adversaries or even foreign populations, which by charter is where they're required to operate, but instead is being the dark arts of these agencies are being used inward domestically to manipulate U.S. public opinion and U.S. elections. And I hardly can think of anything more dangerous than this permanent unelected power faction in Washington now taking a major role in trying to dictate how the American public thinks and how they vote and the outcome of elections. So some of the reaction to some of these things, for instance, the uh, Lorenz and uh, the Twitter, uh, you know, 
insanity over Elon Musk says to me that they are afraid, really afraid, and people are starting to wake up. Are we starting to turn a corner or is that wishful thinking? Where are we? Yeah, I think it's the most I think it's a great question, um, because if you look at every metric, there is no doubt that public faith and trust in mainstream large media corporations is at their lowest level ever. Nobody watches cable news because they don't find any value in it. They don't trust the 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 hosts, um, with one exception, which is Fox. It still has an okay audience, but CNN and MSNBC are completely dying. Um, for all these new heralded liberal digital outlets, you know, BuzzFeed and Huffington Post and Vice and all of those um, are completely collapsing. I mean, they're disintegrating rapidly. They probably won't exist anymore. It's kind of like a complete consolidation where only the New York Times, the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal actually command an audience. So they know that the public has completely turned against them. And then at the same time, what you see is the rise of independent media. You know, there was a time when I would say just a short time ago that the most influential voice in the United States in the media was yourself, um, looking at your audience and the influence that you had. Um, and you still do have a lot of that. I would say now the most influential media person is someone who is completely disconnected from any media corporation or from even the discourse that they produce, which is Joe Rogan. If you look at the sites that are growing as opposed to collapsing, the way mainstream media outlets are, it's all of the independent sites that promise free speech, that promise heterodox views. And of course, the people who work inside media corporations are looking at this, and they're petrified, and they want to keep hold of the only things they still have, which for the moment are the ability to censor the internet using big tech platforms. So when Elon Musk comes and says, I want to overturn the censorship regime and reinstate a, 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 a framework of free speech, of course they panic. That's one of the few thing, weapons they have left right. to preserve the little power that they have and also the ability to banish their competitors, people in independent media, is also something they're really desperate to, to keep as well. And, and, and it does make me optimistic, but at the same time, power centers don't lose power without a huge fight. Right. And even though Elon Musk is you know, the most powerful or the richest man in the world, if he really were serious about buying Twitter and were really serious about allowing free speech, inviting Trump back on the platform, allowing views that are now banned to be heard, I think he would be in for a kind of a fight from the media, from the intelligence community, from the government, unlike anything he's ever seen. Oh, I agree. And I, I will tell you that I, I think we're dealing with people that uh, kind of had the attitude, if I can't have it, no one will. Yeah, I mean, there's so much bitterness and uh, professional jealousy. You know, uh, 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 a columnist at Substack, who's an independent writer, super interesting guy, mostly on the left, but very independent-minded. Freddie DeBoer wrote an article about six months ago basically saying that the reason these people in the media are so vindictive and they love to destroy people's lives, like you just saw Taylor Lorenz do by unmasking this woman to the applause of most of her colleagues, is because they actually have a very miserable existence. You know, they work for gigantic media conglomerates. They, these, these media conglomerates are, are not doing well. Nobody is consuming their product, which means the pay is bad. The work conditions are bad. They're required to turn out eight or 10 kind of trivial superficial articles, you know, a day or 20 a week. 
just to keep the content mill grinding. They're reaching middle age. They have no job security. They no one trusts them. No one likes them. The work is unfulfilling. That's why they're so angry. And I think a lot of it is exactly what you said, that if you find success outside of their constraints, their corporate constraints, they despise you. That's why they're so happy to see Julian Assange being in prison for his journalism, even though he's broken more major stories than anyone, because he's not part of their club. And if you succeed like Joe Rogan has or anyone else, you become their target because that's the only thing they have left is that anger and rage about how the public is turned against them. You um, or there was a uh, Twitter story out um, from Jared Rabble. He uh, said, I boarded a plane today with my son and mid flight. The pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks, sneezed directly into their hands while screaming. This is MAGA airspace. My son turned to me in tears and said, I don't know what to do. Then after posting that, he got messaged from the New York Times, a journalist uh, that said, I'd like to talk to you over the phone about what happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call at this number or let me know how I can reach you? Uh, hope this isn't coming too late for your day. Thank you. They didn't know that it was a joke. Imagine how completely detached you have to be from just basic American conservatives or just ordinary people who don't, who aren't affluent liberals who live on the coast to believe a story like that, that, you know, conservatives are so vindictive that they would not only celebrate the elimination of masks, which is a very reasonable thing to do, but then start purposely sneezing into their hands to try and transmit virus and declare this is my, I mean, how much of a caricature must you have in your head about half the country in order to believe that the satire was, you know, extreme. It was designed to be immediately recognizable. And right. a New York Times reporter believes it because that's what she believes about conservatives. And so this gigantic breach we have between the elite, affluent, liberal, coastal elites and the entire rest of the country, at least in my lifetime, has never been wider. And it's one of the main reasons why no one trusts them, because they, they live in a different world and speak a different language, and their lives are completely removed from most people's experiences. Um, Glenn Greenwald, if you could hold for one minute, I just want to ask you one more question, and that is, um, what is the thing that we should really be paying attention to? What is the thing that is keeping you up at night? Like, this is so critical that we pay attention to. We'll do that in 60 seconds. Uh, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins books. The, uh, you know, knowledge, uh, knowledge is power. And you need to really understand what's going on. Right now, they're blaming inflation on everybody. Um, and you can blame inflation on the incredible spending in Washington, D.C., on both sides. Uh, but the one that you really have to worry about is the Federal Reserve. People think, oh, the Federal Reserve, that's uh, you know, part of the government. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a, it's a corporation owned by the biggest banks in the country. They're bailing themselves out. They're, they're printing money like there's no tomorrow. It is the creature from Jekyll Island. It is critical for every family to understand what inflation is, how it works, what causes it, how you stop it, and what the Fed's role is in all of this. These uh, books aren't going to last for long because I asked the Tuttle Twins people if they would make this one free 
because I think every family just needs to have it. It is the creature from Jekyll Island, the Tuttle Twins, uh, and you can get it now at TuttleTwinsBeck.com while supplies last. The Tuttle Twins and the creature from Jekyll Island, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Ten seconds, station ID. Glenn, I am uh, I, I'm, I'm torn on stories between SEL uh, and what's happening in our schools to our kids uh, and uh, the Great Reset um, and uh, ESG. I, I don't know where to go. What are the, what is the story or stories that you think everybody needs to pay attention to this? Well, you know, we, I mean, you could all obviously make a case for multiple different stories as sort of the most important. Yeah. I come at things from more of a civil libertarian perspective. It's how I started writing about civil liberties abuses in America, on American soil in the name of the war on terror. So for, for me, there's a second war on terror uh, that has been launched, not without much, with, without, with very little fanfare, in the name of January 6th, that is entirely domestic in nature and is yeah. entailing a whole variety of rollbacks of civil liberties, the way the January 6th defendants have been treated, regardless of what you think of the January 6th riot, Agree. has been, I mean, unprecedented. Yeah. And it's creating all kinds of precedents about being able to turn in protesters into felons, about the ability to punish people for their political views. And then at the same time, we have an actual foreign war as well, which is ostensibly between two other countries on the other side of the world, but which the United States is increasingly involved in. Biden announced another $500 million today. Mm-hmm. Every kind of 10 days, there's another $750 million. So just flowing to Ukraine, weapons being bought, given to Ukraine. It's bad. And again, whatever you think of that war, um, with each war, there's always civil liberties rollbacks, uh, yep. kind of suppression of dissent. And these two parallel wars, the domestic war on terror against the Trump movement in the name of January 6th, and this war against Russia that the West is waging, um, is making me very concerned about people essentially losing sight of every other thing that the government is doing 100 percent agree and i i am so afraid we are getting into a war um uh, of convenience here to be able to enact all kinds of things um uh, that you know that we're collapsing our economy at the same time and uh this is only hastening that it is it's a interesting time to be alive Glenn Greenwald, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Always great to be with you, Glenn. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great day. You bet. Bye-bye. Back in just a minute with more. So whether you're wealthy or not, you got a lot to keep safe from a cyber criminal because it isn't just your money that they go after. It's your identity and uh, a lot's tied up in your uh, identity, including your own credibility, not to mention your safety and the safety of your family. I guarantee you that a cyber criminal is out there and there is one that wants to steal your stuff and he's paying attention. It is so important to understand that cybercrime and identity theft will be uh, a part of your life. It will affect your life. 
That's why LifeLock is there. Now, they can't catch everything because nobody can. They can't monitor everything, but they can monitor things better than you can, or really, I think, anybody else. And if you do become a victim, they have restoration specialists that will work with you to help fix the problem quickly. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BACK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code back for 25% off. Lifelock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code back. Make sure you get your copy of The Great Reset. It's available now in bookstores as well as glensnewbook.com. So we were just talking with Glenn Greenwald about concerns about the war uh, and uh, the war internally and the war externally. And um, it brought me to uh, the recommendation of the Ministry of Emergency Situations of the Russian Federation. Now, this came out Easter Sunday. And I don't know how good the translation is. I use Google Translate, but... uh, According to operational data during mass uh, celebrations on the occasion of Easter, the threat of a retaliatory nuclear strike from the NATO countries is possible. The Ministry of Emergency Situations of the Russian Federation asks all citizens to independently bring the basements of their homes as well as nearby bomb shelters into habitable form. The date of inspections of equipped shelters um, by the Ministry of Emergency Situations will be announced separately. Also, all citizens need to create fuel reserves at the rate of 80 liters per vehicle, drinking and industrial water, long-term food, cereals, pasta, canned meat, fish, sugar, salt, and basic medicines. Why are we talking about nuclear war again? Well, I mean, if this isn't the kind of madness that, you know, we all thought maybe couldn't happen because our leaders were all too, you know, clear. uh, I think we're living. I think we're living that very madness that our leaders, the people don't want. And I know the people of Russia wouldn't want nukes used and i don't think anybody in the u.s wants nukes used on russia why why is this keep popping up well it seems like russia is trying to communicate to the world that they may very well use a nuclear weapon right i mean they they went on super mega high alert we did not apparently the super mega high alert however we found out maybe a week later that that is in their uh, their checklist when they go to war mm-hmm. that they it automatically is automatically go raised. Well, they haven't gone to war, Glenn. It's a special mi- military operation. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, and now this, it, it seems like Russia is signaling at least they want the world to believe that this is possible. And, you know, of course, they're in the middle of all sorts of, of, of things going on in, in Ukraine where they are using sort of the most brutal tactics possible to try to knock over their enemy, right? So that is consistent with that idea. 
hey, we may very well use the nuclear weapons. You should, you know, you should be worried about that. They're trying to give us the twitchy eye that maybe they might just do it. I, I guess. And they do seem to be the ones starting this talk. Well, it right? does say um, a retaliatory nuclear strike right. from so, the NATO countries is possible. So they're not saying first strike. Thank God. Um, but uh, right, they're I saying know. I guess they would fire. They would use a nuclear weapon of some sort, and then we would retaliate with one. You know, I watched something last night. I saw this uh, this alert uh, last night, and I thought, hmm. And I I listened to something I haven't listened to since I was a kid. Listen to this. This was produced for schools. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. Since it may be used against us, we must get ready for it, just as we are ready for many other dangers that are around us all the time. Fire is a danger. It can burn whole buildings if someone is careless. But we are ready for fires. We have a fine fire department to put out the fire. And you have fire drills in your school so you know what to do. Automobiles can be dangerous too. They sometimes cause bad accidents. But we are ready. We have safety rules that car drivers and people who are walking must obey. Now, we must be ready for a new danger. The atomic bomb. First, you have to know what happens when an atomic bomb explodes. You will know when it comes. We hope it never comes, but we must get ready. It looks something like this. There is a bright flash, brighter than the sun, brighter than anything you've ever seen. If you are not ready and did not know what to do, it could hurt you in different ways. <laughs> it could knock you down hard or throw you against a tree or a wall. It is such a big explosion it can smash in buildings and knock signboards over and break windows all over town. But if you duck and cover, like Bert, you will be much safer. You know how bad sunburn can feel. The atomic bomb flash could burn you worse than a terrible sunburn, especially where you're not covered. Now, you and I don't have shells to crawl into like Bert the turtle, so we have to cover up in our own way. First, you duck, and then you cover. And very tightly, you cover the back of your neck and your face. Duck and cover underneath a table or desk or anything else close by. In Betty's school, they are talking about the atomic bomb, too. Betty is asking her teacher, how can we tell when the atomic bomb may explode? And her teacher is explaining that there are two kinds of attack, with warning and without any warning. We think that most of the time we will be warned before the bomb explodes, so there will be time for us to get into our homes, schools, or some other safe place. Our civil defense workers and our men in uniform will do everything they can to warn us before enemy planes can bring a bomb near us. You may be in your schoolyard playing when the signal comes. That signal means to stop whatever you are doing and get to the nearest safe place fast. Always remember, a flash of an atomic bomb can come at any time, no matter where you may be. Holy cow. That's the kind of stuff that I grew up watching in in school. You would have a an atomic bomb thing. I, I don't think it was every year, but I remember going home terrified, terrified of the bomb. And you notice what they said? The bomb is so strong, it could knock you down. 
Yeah, kids, it'll also vaporize you. That's another one of the options that the whole duck and cover thing didn't ever cover. It is just bizarre that we are sitting here at this time. And I know the heart of the American people. The American people care deeply about the people who are having their lives destroyed over in Ukraine. But none of us, none of us would say, let's get into a nuclear war. If they launched, if Russia launched a, a nuclear missile or dropped a nuclear bomb, even one of the strategic you know, low yield nuclear bombs anywhere except in our territory, would you be for a retaliatory strike? Because this is an interesting thing. I think we've always thought of nuclear war like that, right? Nuclear war is big flashes on your home turf and massive city destroying nuclear weapons. Right. And then when they fire those, we retaliate mutual or mutually assured destruction, right? Correct. That's the, the, the standard recipe over many decades. Well, the new world is, of course, they have these strategic nuclear weapons that can be used on battlefields. It can be used for all sorts of different purposes. I mean, certainly... You know, if if Russia comes tomorrow and decides, you know, Mariupol is going to be the subject of the first usage of one of these weapons, uh, it's going to do a lot of damage there. But that would not be something the United States would if, advocate a nuclear response to. If that happened, and right, let's say Russia hits a NATO country, they, like they drop one in Poland. In Poland, would you be for us firing <laughs> ICBMs? Yeah, and I. <sighs> We would be bound by treaty to respond, right, but, but not, not like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, we would do everything we could to stay out of that, I think. Uh, but At least with nuclear weapons. With nuclear weapons. We would be in a war with Russia in this circumstance. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Even if you don't like the treaty, even if you don't like NATO, it would be hard to imagine the the west overlooking a nuclear strike on a native this country is, of any sort this is a real clear case at least to me i feel like the people of the world are so disconnected to the leadership of the world the leadership of the world they're not listening to the average person it's all being run by these seemingly group of crazy people and the rest of us are sitting here going, what the hell? Where are we going? What, 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 wait, what's happening? And it seems that, I mean, if God forbid something like this happens, I hope someone's around to, you know, write down or tell, I don't know, the, the poor guy who's just broken his glasses sitting at the library, you know, just wanting to read books because that's all he ever wanted to do, Twilight Zone. Uh I hope somebody is alive say the average person was not for this. The average person on the world knew this was madness, absolute madness. And in the end, what destroyed us was our leaders. Back in a minute. There aren't too many companies out there right now that um, that I feel you can buy from. And you can really be proud to do business with them because, you know, they're not only a non-woke company, but they are actually somebody who's working against a lot of that stuff. They are they are standing with you 
and fighting for basic rights. Patriot Mobile is that company. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. You'll get the same great service. They're on the same cell towers. And your money is not supporting things like Planned Parenthood, like if you are with Verizon. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team provides amazing service, and they share our values. They support uh, the Constitution and organizations fighting for religious freedom and constitutional rights and sanctity of life. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Stand with the people that are standing with us. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT. It's 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's just, it's weird to talk about nuclear strategy because we haven't talked about it since really my generation it's been a thing that was over, um, and now we're looking at it again because of Russia. And yeah. I just want to make it really clear. I, uh, if they blew up New York City, I would expect to go outside and see missiles being launched from us towards Russia. I would expect that. Um, you know, I'd and you'd prove of it, right? Yeah. yeah. As and, bad as it is, and, and the result would be, if they blow up a major new U.S. city, that is why we have these weapons, right. and we're at full release almost. Correct. If Certainly they, Moscow does not exist. Right. If they blew up, we would. I would think we would retaliate by blowing up Moscow. Yeah. Not all Maybe of them. Maybe not a full release. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we would. It I would don't be know. on the table. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the thing that, uh, that if they bombed, let's say, Warsaw... An attack on one is an attack on all of us. But I would then hope that the United States would open all those mission, all those missile doors, put us on DEFCON 1, and then call up Russia and say, what the hell are you thinking? And we would be at war. But let's hope that it wouldn't, that it wouldn't go to nuclear war. I mean, I would expect that if we launched missiles in retaliation, they're going to launch missiles at us. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And so it's just it then then it gets into mad mutually assured destruction. And of course, this world where Russia has decided to blow up a city, a major city in Poland is a NATO country is a world that's so crazy that this is going to escalate to that point almost immediately anyway. I mean, you know, if if there's this idea that Vladimir Putin wants strategic goals in ukraine and he's trying to take what he wants and believes is his and and you know built rebuild mother russia and all that jazz but there's the others the other idea is you know this guy is a psychopath and whatever has changed in him over the past few years is a change that makes him completely unpredictable i mean we would be delusional to believe that it stops at a nuclear weapon hitting a nato country poland like this if the, this guy is that crazy, we there is no containing Vladimir Putin. That, I mean, like, I, and again, like, I don't think he's going to do that. But I am. You have to look at his actions where he can, is now multiple so, times bringing this up. He is the aggressor here. You have to worry about how far he's willing to take this. So we know that the um, the leadership in Iran they've just said just recently. 
that they will now launch a nuclear missile and destroy Israel, burn in the fires yeah. of the Islamic fury. And we've always taken do that we, seriously. At least we, we have. Do we respond to that? We don't. Re- I mean, you know, we don't respond with nuclear weapons, right? Um, I mean, look, uh, there's a little secret that Israel might be able to do that on their own. Yeah. I don't think you keep using that word secret. <laughs> but I mean, I wish we would do more of the Israel nuclear treatment thing with what we're doing in Ukraine. I know, I know. You know, we just had Joe Biden while we were talking. It was on television saying we're, we're, put, we're putting $800 million of weapons into Ukraine to obviously, what do you do with these weapons? kill russian troops who did invade ukraine i mean believe me they deserve to uh to be fired at by ukraine but like we're telling everyone what we're doing israel i think even at this moment officially does not have nuclear weapons right officially yeah now they do have nuclear weapons (laughs) breaking news but officially they don't we're not only telling them what we're sending we're also telling them where we're sending it, yeah. and we're telling them that, oh, by the way, Ukrainian troops are going to cross the border into Poland, and our special forces are going to be there, and we're going to train We're going to train them. We're going to train them. We're, t- we're announcing well, an escalation of the yes. weapons we're sending there now. Like, look, y- if you're going to do that, a news broadcast to the world is not a great place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to avoid war, or are you trying to escalate it? I mean, I you know, I, there's well, a I just don't understand what policy or what changed their mind from we can't send over a plane to Poland if Polish leave their planes in another country and Ukrainians find those planes and fly them to oh we're sending tanks and howitzers over. This is the Glenn Beck program.